Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Uh, free All of the features there are completely free. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. Coming up here, looks like there are some street lockdowns that have been proposed for one American city. We'll find out what the excuse for that is. Didn't I tell you, Mark, that there was going to be some uh, random police checkpoints coming soon? Maybe this is going to be that. I haven't really dug too far into it, but we'll get that to you. Just a couple stories about kids and cops. We had a couple last, or I had one last night, and I didn't want to load it up too heavy because I've got a bunch of them. Uh, One of them is about a young man by the name of Cody Webb who was called in, uh, who apparently was jailed for calling in a bomb threat to his Hempstead area high school. Now, you know, that's a pretty serious, that's a pretty serious crime, right? Yeah, you know, a kid calls in a bomb threat. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's beyond the pale to uh, for him to spend, you know, a night or two in jail, get, arra- get arraigned and get out, that kind of thing. Unfortunately, as it turns out, uh, he spent 12 days in lockup until the authorities realized that their caller ID log was off for an hour because of the new daylight savings time rules. You know how the DST started early this year? Uh huh. So it kind of threw things off. So he was in school when the call came in? Well, he wasn't, um, he wasn't the the caller. He did call uh, the number that they said that he had called, but Uh he was calling to, like, get his homework or something like that. He had called the school. That day, it was just that the time that the bomb scare called came in was like an hour off from the time that he had called, mm. and so they... It's tough spending uh, 12 days in jail when you didn't do the bomb threat. Right. They thought that it was him, and uh says here that Cody had called an hour prior to the actual bomb threat. Perhaps it took so long because of the principal's catch-22 about Cody's guilt. See, Cody had gotten in trouble at the school before. Uh-huh. And so she said to him, well, why should we believe you? You're a criminal. Criminals lie all the time. Unquote. So, <laughs> well, just the attitude it, of It does uh, make sense people. that if you're, a, you know, a troublemaker, um, that, that stuff's going to get blamed on you. Uh, you know, un- unfortunately, that's just the, the way things Unfortunately, he go. spent 12 days in jail. I'm not saying that he deserved 12 days in jail, Ian. I'm just saying yeah. that, um, if you are a troublemaker, you're more likely to have things blamed on you. And then there's this story from uh, the Raw story. In an interview with the New York Times columnist Bob Herbert, the no-nonsense police chief of a small town in Florida defended the arrest of a six-year-old African-American girl who had a tantrum in her kindergarten class. When six-year-old Desiree Watson threw a tantrum in her kindergarten class a couple of weeks ago, she couldn't have known that the full force of the law would be brought down on her and that she would be carted off by the police as a felon, writes Herbert. But that's what happened in this small, backward city of central Florida. According to the authorities, there were no other options. Avon Park Police Chief Frank Mercurio said the student became violent. She was yelling, screaming, just being uncontrollable, defiant. How old was she? Six. And that's what uh, the columnist (laughs) responded with. But she was six. And Mercurio... Aren't you allowed to be uh, violent and, and out of control when you're six? I mean, well, I mean, you, you shouldn't be out of control, well, but, but certainly there are more appropriate ways to rein in one's uh, six-year-old out, child. A spanking, you know, thing, that, that kind of thing. It's, it's a six-year-old child. But then get this, and after uh, the columnist said to this police chief, but she was six, the reply came faster than a speeding bullet. Do you think this is the first six-year-old we've arrested? Good Lord. <laughs> Parents, keep your kids out of school in Avon Park, Florida. Keep your kids out of government school anywhere. 
Mercurio adds, because that's what, probably one of the reasons why this little girl was acting out. Um, a lot of kids act out in government schools and schools in general because they're bored with the curriculum. They're not being challenged. Uh, they don't like the teacher. They, they aren't enjoying their, uh, their school experience. Mercurio says to the police chief, he says, believe me when I tell you a six-year-old can inflict injury to you just as much as any other person. Oh yeah, uh, I, I, <laughs> sorry, I, I don't. I have a hard time believing that. Yeah, somehow uh, maybe a six-year-old with a gun in her hands could do the same injury as someone else with a gun in their hands. But this, as far this was as in a classroom, yeah, as far as actually doing physical damage, yeah, yeah they could pick up a chair and wield it at you. But a even little so, six-year-old chair though, right? Their little six-year-old arms aren't going to be able to swing that chair quite yeah. as fast as a you know. 180-pound man. You know, so. yeah, Sheriff, I'd much rather deal with a 6-year-old than a uh, 21-year-old linebacker. <laughs> Herbert notes, uh, last spring, Line a number of, for that matter. Number, of, uh, number of civil rights organizations collaborated on a study of disciplinary practices in Florida schools and concluded that many of them, like many districts in other states, have turned away from traditional education-based disciplinary methods, such as counseling, after-school detention, or extra homework assignments, and are looking to the legal system to handle even the most minor of transgressions. Crazy. According to the Ohio News Network, uh, reporting that the girl's parents are mulling a lawsuit against the police department, the state attorney's office will decide whether to prosecute the child. She faces charges of disruption of a school function, battery on school employees, and resisting a law enforcement officer without violence. Nuts. So she was resisting the Leo without violence, but yet it was their solution was to arrest this girl. <laughs> God, trying to get a six-year-old trying to get away from a cop does not get resisting arrest. I mean, it's nuts. There you go, though. Welcome to America. 800-259-9231. I mean, who can, who can defend this? I understand she was probably out of control. She was oh, probably sure. being I mean, bratty. But, man, I mean, if you want to scare her, just throw her in handcuffs for a little while. I don't think that the cops should have been involved at all. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. sorry. If a kindergarten teacher or a first grade teacher, six years old, I guess it depends on the time of mm-hmm. year. It's late in the year. So six, well, what do you do then, though? What do you do if you can't actually control the girl? Well, like, I, what do you do? You tell her to be quiet? Well, you, you, if, you can't control, if you can't control a sixth grader inside of ten minutes, five minutes inside your classroom, mm-hmm. you call the principal. The principal okay. comes and takes, you know, or the vice principal, whoever handles discipline in the school, takes he takes the child away. Believe me, you can take away a six-year-old. Um, takes them away, and, and they spend a little time in the office. Usually that's a, a, a scare enough. Right. And then if for some reason that child is way out of control, you call their parents and say, hey, your kid is going bananas here. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to come and get her. And, uh, you know, if, if she does it again, if she's a repeat offender, then, you know, perhaps we need to talk about alternative schooling or something. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Oh, and apparently they couldn't handcuff the girl. <laughs> yeah, the handcuffs wouldn't weren't the right <laughs> yeah, size. She's she's a little too small for them. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So if you can defend the actions of the bureaucrats in this case, I would really like to hear from you. In the meantime, we go to the phones and talk to Tim in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey Tim. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's yeah, up? I got I got a uh, cut off on Wednesday. The the phone sucks. Mm. Sorry about that. So man. no, it's okay. It's my fault. But anyway, uh, what I had called about on Wednesday was to talk about um, uh, immigration and its effect on the economy. And uh, I have a major point that a lot of people don't even think about. Okay, I work for a major utility company. Yes. And um, at this major utility company, we offer a service in which we have translators. 
maybe not even translators, but uh, people who actually speak Spanish. And on the IVR, that's the uh, voice recognition system that we have mm-hmm. uh, when people call in, Yes, we have that in Spanish as well. Okay. And the reason is why is not because there are so many people who speak Spanish, but it's because there are so many people who speak Spanish who have money. Yeah, right. So, so, I mean, a lot of people don't think about it that way, that, they're, oh, it's a strain on the economy. No, it's a strain on the welfare system. It's it absolutely good for the is. Economy. Right. You and know, that's just the, the point the, that the I economy, to um, When it comes down to private businesses choosing to advertise or, um, you know, on their product labels or uh, make a marque dos por espanol, you know, whatever it right. is that they intend to do, that's completely their business. Now, I'm com- right. I'm against a federal law or a state law that set that requires a business to have to uh, write on their, uh, you know, product in Spanish or in Czechoslovakian or any language. And I'm also against right. a federal law that requires businesses to only write in English. Mm-hmm. On the other side of that, Mark. Yeah, I, I would I agree. mean, and businesses wouldn't do this if they weren't getting money for it. Yep, absolutely you know, I right. mean, if, if there weren't many Spanish-speaking customers, then it wouldn't be worth the, the, you know, the business to go that extra mile. Yep. There That's just something people don't think about. So I just wanted to make that point. Thank, Thank you for guys. sharing, Tim. Have a great All night. Right. 800-259-9231. I guess uh, the big news from this afternoon is there's been a deal struck on immigration. To find mm-hmm. out what that's all about since Tim brought it up. 800-259-9231. And we'll also find out why the uh, Baltimore bureaucrats are now talking about public safety act zones. Hmm? Yeah, street lockdowns. We'll talk more about it. Your calls as well about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want, toll free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free. Um, That includes the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com, gets you to it. Over 1,350 pages now of unique content created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, and you can see what I mean by heading over to wiki.freetalklive.com, and it's free, just like everything else is on our website. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Opportunistic lawyers, ooh, there's our phone line, Mm. opportunistic lawyers, judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, and meddling bureaucrats. These people all want your money, home, and car. What have you done to protect yourself? At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They'll show you how to keep your assets. That's KeepYourAssets.net. So, there's a big bunch of news hop happening, uh, like Drudge Report, ABC News, the top story everywhere, right? Normally on Free Talk Live, we don't necessarily talk about the top story. But in this case, uh, it's worth talking about. And in, in, not in a good way. It's worth talking about because it's awful. Awful news. This is this new not amnesty amnesty? It's the deal. It's being called a deal, according to the AP, in a striking reach across party lines. They're reaching across party lines and linking hands together to walk down the aisle of tyranny with each other. The Republicans and Democrats working hard to restrict freedom in America. (laughs) 
The White House and key lawmakers agreed Thursday to reshape that's uh, today to reshape the nation's immigration laws and give millions of illegal immigrants legal status. At the same time, borders would be tightened. Now, when you when you hear this, when you hear the the, the claim that well they're going to reshape the laws and give millions of illegal immigrants legal status, I mean for those people that are in support of immigration, that sounds good, right? It does. Hey, legal status for these illegal immigrants because I mean it's it's a crappy life being an illegal immigrant. I've got a story about an illegal immigrant dentist here in a little bit, but uh, interesting. But, you know, that sounds good on its face, the, the idea that these people will be able to come out of the shadows, so to speak. But we'll get into the dirty details here in a few moments. It's not even close to being good at all. And, of course, the Republicans and the uh, whoever, the Democrats, the people that are anti-immigration, whoever they are, are going to take a look at that and they're going to say, this is too giving, this is too much amnesty, we need to just kick these people out. Of course, those people are totally wrong. But nonetheless, the compromise brought liberal Democrats and conservative Republicans together with top members of the President Bush's team on an issue that carries heavy potential risks and rewards for all involved. Oh, really? The Senate will wade into an emotional and wide-ranging debate on the issue next week that promises to test the unlikely coalition that produced the deal. You know, this story is really more about the politics than the people. Yeah. Than the uh, the immigrants. Well, you know, they work together. It's bipartisan. Gosh, it's great. The proposal constitutes a far-reaching change in the immigration system that would admit future arrivals seeking to put down roots in the United States based on their skills, education levels, and job experience, and limiting the importance of family ties. So, basically, they're going to restructure the current system, whatever, however big and bureaucratic it is. It's going to go through a bureaucratic restructuring where they're going to have, you know, these different factors as to whether or not. Oh well, let's see. You, uh, you got a certain edu- You have to have a certain education level. You have to have a certain level of skills before you can come here. And so, you have to prove those that education level. That apparently, level of skills. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, to some bureaucrats, some officious, scummy, heartless bureaucrats. Uh, but. There's money involved, too. We'll get to that. Oh, I know there is. Uh, Limiting the importance of family ties. A new class of guest workers would be allowed in temporarily, but only after borders were fortified and measures were in place to ensure that rules were followed. So, whatever that means. I mean, borders being fortified. How long that's going to take, I don't know. Sounds like a wall to me. It does, and I don't think they really go into too much detail on what they mean by fortified, but... We've talked about the guest worker program before, at least as it's been proposed. I don't know if the, the one that we discussed a few months ago was proposed or actually implemented yet, but essentially it, it amounted to um, sort of like corporate slavery, basically, for these people. But, you know, more or less, the, uh, the a corporation would sponsor you, and if uh, for whatever reason you lost your job at that corporation, you would have to go back. So. Um, essentially, you'd be an indentured servant, and you wouldn't have the opportunity to leave and go to another company. You know, just no freedom. Right. You you must work for this co- corporation, and right. that's it. And, you know, you pick up your life, you move to a new country, and then you're forced to work at this one particular job. That means that job can pay you anything they want. Yep. Um, they can change your Treat pay. Treat you however they yeah, want whatever to. whatever they want to do. You know, if, Because if, uh, normally in the marketplace, when you're in a free market, when you're free to go and get another job at any time like most of us are in this mm-hmm. country – um, then your employer knows that. They know that they can only treat you s- to so bad. I mean, mm-hmm. if they're bad people, they can only treat you so bad before you're going to throw up your hands and say, I've had enough, I'm out of here, I'm going across the street, or I'm going across town to get a job at your competitor. But in this particular case, these guest workers won't have that option. It's 
their way or the highway. Yeah. Bush said the proposal would, quote, help enforce our borders, but equally importantly, it'll treat people with respect. Really? How's that, George? Yeah. Where's, so? where's the respect here? You're you're not respecting uh, immigrants like they're regular human beings looking to make a better life for themselves. Right. You're treating them like an asset. You're treating them like a resource, human resources. They're something to be used and chewed up and spit out, and that's not appropriate. Respect means they should be able to leave a job and go someplace else. Yep. And respect means they should be free to, tr- uh, to cross borders freely so long as they have somewhere to go where they're allowed to be. And, and that means private property. If I want to come, if I want to allow an immigrant to come and, and uh, rent a room in my house, I should be free to do that. And I shouldn't have to check it out with any government bureaucrat in advance. I have to agree. He says this is a bill uh, where people who live here in our country will be treated without amnesty, but without or without amnesty, but without animosity. The formula was enough to satisfy liberal Senator Edward Kennedy. Uh, he viewed his party's decisive voice on immigration and Senator John Kill, a conservative, blah, blah, blah. Kennedy hailed it as being the best possible chance we'll have in years to secure our borders and bring millions of people out of the shadows and into the sunshine of America. Sounds nice. Yeah. This is nice words. words. Uh, the uh, other guy said the measure wasn't perfect, but it represents the best opportunity that we have in a bipartisan way to do something about this problem. Again, there's no problem with immigrants. The problem's the government. The problem is the welfare system. Mm-hmm. The problem is the redistribution of wealth by force, uh, giving people money who haven't earned it, and uh, and just and the welfare system. It's right. awful. Whether it's Medicaid or um, you know whatever it is that the uh, freeloaders might be coming across the border for, that's what they're coming across the border for. So and welfare's a problem for Americans too. It's just a problem. It's not because immigrants are getting their hands on it that it's a problem. Welfare by itself, even without immigrants, is a problem because it represents uh, it, it, rep- it represents communism right here in America. And you know what you get with welfare, you know this this monthly stipend that these people get is you get people with a you know an expectation as to what they're going to get. They're always going to get this money. They deserve it. They 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 get this mentality that. Uh, you know, they can't go out and get a job and earn more because, well, you know, they got this free check coming in. And if they went out and got a job, they wouldn't get the free check anymore. It, it's like if you, want, if you want stray cats, put a bowl of food out every day. Now, there's more details here. In fact, this hasn't even become law yet. This is a, just a deal that they've struck. So the terms can change, but we really need to talk about what exactly they're looking to do here. It's, it's sick. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number. 800-259-9231 is the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. You just go and get them. They're free on us, freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. 
That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. We're talking about the deal that has been struck, and it's all over the news right now, about immigrants in this country, so-called illegal immigrants. And uh, so Republicans and Democrats are once again patting themselves on the back for how they've worked together. We're holding hands. Uh, and, uh, you know, they've, they've come up with some more rules, some more bureaucracy. Right. Um, and now we need to get into uh, exactly what they're proposing here, because on its face, it sounds like it might be a good thing as far as if you're if you're in support of immigration, as I am, um, as you are, Mark. Yes, um, because immigration is good for a free country. Uh, welfare is bad. Right. Immigration's good. Let's make sure we understand that. According to the details here, the AP, Senator Robert Menendez said the proposal tears families apart because the new point system used to evaluate future legal immigrants would value family connections well below employment-related criteria, saying uh, when you anchor yourself, blah, blah, more partisan crap, and conservatives on both sides of the Capitol derided the deal as amnesty for illegal immigrants using a politically charged word that figured prominently in campaigns across the country last year. I don't care how you try to spin it, this is amnesty, said some blowhard. Now, they're saying this because they're law and order types, right? Mm-hmm. That's their deal. Oh, law and order, these guys broke the law, we can't just get, we, you can't just let them off. It's, it's, xenophobia, uh, not law and order. But that's what they'll say. They'll say it's about the law. You're right. These are, if they just done it legally, then I wouldn't have a problem with immigration. But the laws stink. Yeah, they do. And the, uh, they're antithetical to freedom. They're antithetical to what this country is founded on. What's that poem on the uh, uh, on the Statue of Emma, Liberty? Emma Lazarus poem. Yeah. yeah. The New Colossus. Give us your poor, your unwashed masses. Right. It, yearning it, to be free. Yeah, it doesn't say on uh, the Emma Lazarus poem, the, the New Colossus, it doesn't say give us those who have you're, skills. You're educated. Uh, you're educated and you're job experience. You're, you're partially um, English speaking. Right. And it also say doesn't uh, it all? I'm pretty sure. Maybe we should check the poem, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't say give us those who can give us five thousands of dollars in fees, mm. because that's what the legal process is. The right. being legal means filling out oodles of paperwork and paying multi thousand dollar fees in order to have the privilege to come over here to this closed society. Apparently, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. I mean, these people already have enough trouble just getting out of the countries where they come from. Many of them do. It's true. And I'm not just talking about Hispanic immigrants. I'm talking about anybody coming from any despotic regime. Korea, North Koreans, if they could get over their you know, barbed wire fence and make it here, damn it, they should be able to, to have a life here. Right. You know, have a business or uh, you know, work for somebody. And, and they shouldn't have to come here and lay thousands of U.S. dollars into the hands of, an, of a waiting bureaucrat. Who can do that? Well, that's what I would I like mean, to know. The coyotes get less than what they're asking these people to pay. Yep, that's true. Now, so this, what do you think is going to happen? Well, let's talk about what's going to happen to the the estimated 12 million illegals that are that are here right now that this plan would be giving so-called amnesty to. Right? It's not just a nod and a wink and a welcome to America sign here. The proposed agreement would allow illegal immigrants to come forward and obtain a Z visa. And after paying fees and a $5,000 fine. Oh, fees, fees and a five grand fine. Fees, which I don't know how much those are, presumably the normal immigration fees that Probably they would have had to have paid had they come grand legally. also. 
and a $5,000 fine. Can you afford a $5,000 fine with all of the bills that you have in your life with the car loan and the, you know, the home loan and what, what your cable bills, the heating bills? Can you afford a $5,000 fine? The, the average illegal immigrant makes $12,000 a year. Ultimately, that would get them on track, says the article, for permanent residency, which could take between 8 and 13 years. You got that kind of time? To for residency? Screw around with the government and their stupid bureaucrats and their asinine rules and their damned hoops and all their paperwork, which, which we've heard plenty of stories about how they just lose this crap. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll fill out paperwork and send in your application fee and then never hear back from the bureaucrats. And then months later, when you finally manage to get a call through to someone who will take your call, they act like they don't even know who you are. And you know what? They don't have to care who you are. They got your money. <laughs> now you can apply again. Well, you know, they, if you if you want to get through this process, you've got to hire a, an immigration attorney, right, for thousands more. Yeah, I don't think they're working for pesos. Heads of households, by the way. Uh, so, okay, five thousand dollar fine, paying fees, which are unnamed. And uh, then eight to t- eight to thirteen years to be on track for permanent residency. Permanent residency. In addition, heads of households would have to return to their home countries first. Why? No good reason. Just because that's the rules. So you got uh, you got yourself your you and your immigrant family living underground basically in America at this point. And then you want to come out and. Pop your head up so you can pay thousands of dollars to the government and then have to go home as the father? Doesn't sound like this has solved anything. They could come up, but they're patting each other on the back. Mark, they work together to come up with this plan. The president supports it. Must be a good idea. They could come forward right away to claim a probationary card that would let them live and work legally in the United States, but couldn't begin the path to permanent residency or citizenship until border security improvements and the high-tech worker identification program were completed. Ooh, uh, does does that sound uh, a little spooky to you? The worker identification program? <laughs> now I don't. Now I know you and I, Mark. We don't have too much to be concerned with because we're white as the driven snow. Uh, but speak for yourself. I got a little Spanish blood. But somebody who is brown might be a little bit concerned, and and I'm concerned for anyone's freedoms. Mm-hmm. They might be a little bit concerned about the high tech. Worker identification program. We already know that they've uh, that they've proposed the, this mandatory check system, where it's it's voluntary now. Some businesses have already signed up to take part in this sort mm-hmm. of Naziistic uh, program, where when you go and apply for a job, it's the responsibility of the employer to run your name and social security number, whatever identifying information, through a government federal government database. Through some sort of a, an automated approval process where they check your name and all that other crap and then they come back with a, a, a yes or no answer. Mm-hmm. Yes, you may hire this person. No, you may not. So so if this sort of – and that's just what I understand of it. Maybe they've expanded the, the program since then. But that would basically mean that the federal government would be deciding whether or not you as a business owner could hire somebody. Yeah, it's a little and, – and I just can't imagine the amount of paperwork that uh, that they're going to put in the the business owner's hand to fill out in order to hire these people is all it's going to do is just make it, um, you know, the, the job market discriminatory towards um, immigrant, Mexican immigrants of, you know, legal or illegal status. Oh, and here's a great reason to, to – as a company – 
a great reason to bring guest workers on. A new crop of low-skilled guest workers would have to return home after stints of two years. They could renew their visas twice, but would be, uh, would, would be required to leave for a year in between each time. If they wanted to stay in the U.S. permanently, they'd have to apply under the point system for a limited pool of green cards. So, yeah, great. You can come here, be a guest worker, work here for two years, and then go home. Stay there for another year, then you can come back for another two years. What what the hell is all that about? If, as a business person, when I bring somebody on board on my business, I want them to continue developing skills and continue developing uh, job experience mm-hmm. so they can move up in the ranks and, and produce more for my business. Not so I can flush them after two years and, and then hope that they come back a year later. I mean, this is so crazy. And when they All go, of this. they've moved here to this country now. Where are they going to go back to? They don't. It's not like they've got a second home in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And and wait till you hear about this illegal immigrant dentist. Just to give you an idea of what these people deal with, just to be here. Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the Sankle CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free that we do ask you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at the Free Talk Live store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. Get your pre-orders in. Uh, we're about ready to, I think, order these products, these brand new, very cool products that we're offering, including the 2-gigabyte Free Talk Live multi-gadget. It's an MP3 player, flash drive, FM tuner, and voice recorder, all in one for less than 60 bucks. We've got the Free Talk Live hoodies, two different types, zippered and pullover style, different colors, uh, the Free Marketeer t-shirt, the ladies Free Talk Live t-shirt, which was in high demand. Also, the Free Talk Live lighter bottle opener combo and the brand new beanie cap, all there, plus all of our older items available for you at store.freetalklive.com. All right, so uh, talking about the immigration, just this dismal anti-freedom immigration bill that uh, this deal that they've struck they're patting each other on the backs the republicans and the democrats talking about how this is great it's going to help these illegals become legal and it's going to give them a path to citizenship that only takes 13 years at the minimum uh eight to 13 years they say oh Uh, and a five thousand dollar fine and fees that are not enumerated in this particular ap article so uh, However many thousands of dollars on top of the $5,000 fine they have to pay for, you know, coming here without filling out their government paperwork. And then if they're allowed to be in this guest worker program, they'll have to go back to their home country after two years where they'll have to stay for a year before they can come back and work for another two years under the guest worker program. (laughs) Does this make any sense at all? No, of course not. It's the government. Uh, It's just nutso. And so one particular uh, this senator... This compromise for you, by the way. Yeah, one senator said he would try to kill the temporary worker program because it would bring in a potentially unlimited stream of immigrants to compete with Americans for jobs. God knows we don't <laughs> want competition in a free market society. In perhaps the most hotly debated change, the proposed plan would shift from an immigration system primarily weighted toward family ties, toward one with preferences for people with advanced degrees and sophisticated skills. Republicans have long sought such revisions. Now, well, if if we're worried about competition, why would we want to bring competition into our higher-end jobs? Why wouldn't we want to bring in people to compete for lower-end jobs so that uh, you know so that many Americans could uh, share in 
good things like I don't know fruit for fruit pickers. Uh, I don't know what the I, I, I don't can't know. even. Normally, I can put myself to some extent into the role of the statist uh, to the bureaucrat. I I can't think of what the ex- excuse for that is. Well, well the I, I guess the this idea, makes it sound good because we, we want, want higher, skilled people. Yeah, we want a higher quality of uh, immigrant. Family connections alone would no longer be enough to qualify for a green card, except for spouses and minor children of U.S. citizens. Strict new limits would apply to U.S. citizens seeking to bring foreign-born parents into the country. So just just more rules, more regulations. That's all. I wonder this how many is. more bureaucrats we're going to have to hire for this. Good God, who knows? I mean, they're talking about a, a pretty much a, a you know a total revamping, a reorganization of the uh, the immigration bureaucracy, completely changing the rules. From what they currently are today to a totally new set of them, and and not doing anything to help these people, you're not helping these people. Are you? All you're doing is sticking out your greedy little mitts, like you do everywhere. Government, mm-hmm. give us some money, and demanding money from people who they can't afford this. Five, five grand, thousand dollars. Dollars is plus? just a number that they gave. They didn't mention the fees that are right. already in existence. It's a five thousand dollar penalty. Yep. Um, for being an illegal alien, and then the the fees on top of whatever it is, and oh, and you forget, have to go home first. You yeah, get don't the, head of the, the year out of work. Um, so therefore, you have to get hired by a job that that only expects to keep you two years. So you're essentially a temporary worker, which yep. those people make less money. It's just awful. Yeah, it's not going to. I mean, and, and, uh, if and, you were illegal, w- would you step forward? Jump through to run to jump through all these hoops. I you know I don't know what it's like to be an illegal alien, but I don't. It it seems to me that there's going to be there's going to be some that will not definitely. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be a majority or a minority. I don't know enough about. Doesn't being sound illegal. too tantalizing to me. These are people who you know these are people who risked death to get here in the back of a you know a semi trailer in the smoldering heat down in the south. Mm-hmm. You know, they risked their lives to come here. Are they going to really want to shell out that kind of cash to this government that they that they'd already been dodging left and right? I can't imagine. They, they, they've they probably they've had you know years of dodging the government so far. Right. I don't see why they would bother uh, signing up now. I don't know. It doesn't if make I were, sense to me. If but. I were an illegal immigrant with five thousand dollars cash, uh, I'd probably put that to some other use than turn it over to the state. Let's not forget the uh, what is it the uh, the, the Board of Immigration's uh, investigation Whoever or whatever it is, are, um, yeah. to, to you know, where the employers have to check with the yeah. government to see whether or not somebody's legal and, of course, hire uh, people, therefore raising the cost of, of production, which, you know... Is the Employee Approval Department. But that's going to essentially cause discrimination against everyone of Mexican, def- um, you know, sure. Central American descent, whether they're legal, illegal, or citizens. They could have been here since, you know, their parents could have been here before mine. Uh, their ancestors could have been here before mine, but it doesn't change the fact that they're going to get discriminated against simply because employers don't want to have to go through the trouble of checking with the government as to whether they're legal or not, and they won't hire them. Let's go to the phones. There's more about immigration coming up, including the uh, immigrant dentist that was recently busted in Georgia. But first, let's talk to Vince in California, and you can take control of the airwaves. Vince, what's on your mind? Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. Good. What's up? Hey, um, I don't. I, I'm not a live listener, a podcast listener, so I don't know if you guys have covered the uh, Michelle Malkin hit piece on Fox yesterday. Mm. Uh, no, I saw that uh, earlier this morning on YouTube, and Mark was just watching it um, just before the show. Basically, they took Ron Paul and and Giuliani's little tissy that they had uh, the right. other night on the and debate. And Ron Paul saying that uh, you know, the American government brought the uh, brought the 9/11 attacks yeah, on the Ameri- right uh, on the American people through its foreign policy, and then spun that and smeared it and blurred the lines between um, 
you know, basically there's that fact. He said that, and then he's appeared on Alex Jones' show, and they managed to smear the lines into turning him into some kind of um, 9-11 truther with uh, wacky theories as to the government uh, blowing right, they up came, buildings. They came out and alluded to the uh, – they made the allegation that Ron Paul is a 9-1-1 truther, which, mm-hmm. to my understanding, he's not. Uh, but that's what they said on Fox News, and they, they went on about it for about five minutes. It was it was a crazy clip. Um, they started by recapping what Ron Paul had said during the debate, and they immediately s- spun it right into a discussion about 9-11 truthers, as though not Ron Paul endorses them or is a part of their movement or is any of that. And that was what the most of the clip was about, just bashing on 9-11 Truth mm-hmm. and mentioning Ron Paul. Right. I mean, it was sick. I, I mean, presume you had something to say about it. Yeah, um, I just wanted to, I, I had some, that to say and then something else, actually. But what I wanted to say about that was that, I mean, it really goes to show how scared they're getting. Yeah. I mean, to see that and then the night before, the... The spin on you know his leading in the polls and finishing second in the polls. I mean, right? They're calling they, him a Democrat, and I mean, they they didn't do that in that uh, clip, I don't think. But they you know oh, they've they, been they, just they've they, been yeah, lashing they out as many different opportunities as they can. Would it make more sense for them to just be quiet about it and and not try well, to destroy his the, character? Not at this point. Yeah, they can't. They, you can't now. I mean, the the story of the clash over over the. Uh, the, the attacks in the debate, I mean, that's everywhere. Right. They, they've, they they've tried quiet anymore. so far, Ian. Now they have to go to smear. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, it it make, it make almost kind of, uh, it kind of hurts to hope after being, uh, you know, having your hopes dashed so many times. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah. he's a real contender. I felt like he performed in both the debates um, to the point where I, I got my money's worth. I'm going to give him more money for his campaign. Uh, you know, you it, just can't get your hopes up. You really can't. Right. I mean, you, because a lot of people hope are for the best, look for the worst. Right. A lot of people are going to get their hopes up, and then yeah. they're going to have their hopes dashed on the rocks when and if he doesn't if. actually make it through. And what and what I wanted to say about that is for you know I've I've heard a lot of stories of people, and I've succumbed to it myself. People that have gotten really involved in campaigns for liberty-minded individuals, and then, you know, you get the 1%, 2% returns, and it's just like, what did we do all this? What did we spend all this money on? What did we do all this work for? And so what I wanted to say to those people is that Free Talk Live is an investment in the Ron Paul campaign and liberty movement in general that even if Ron Paul doesn't win, it's still paying dividends. I was was really happy to hear about the new uh, affiliates you guys got in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Yes. That was awesome news. Yeah, it's huge news. And... um, you know, the, Ron Paul's over the internet. Anyone that's on the internet, any any person that is internet savvy at all, is hearing about Ron Paul on Dig, yeah, absolutely. on MySpace, on whatever. So what we need to do is promote him in other areas that, that non-internet savvy people are hearing. And radio talk is radio. a huge one. And yep. spreading Free Talk Live to new stations is going to get that Ron Paul message out. So people well, up those amp dollars. Thank you, sir. We really appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. It's... I think Ron Paul's got the best shot that any libertarian-minded uh, candidate has had in the in a long, ever. long time, maybe even ever. Uh, I think it's I think he's got a great shot, and I think that even if he doesn't make it, he's going to open a lot of people's eyes. I think that overall, it's going to be a valuable campaign for sure. Uh, but just you know, please don't get your hopes up too much on this. I still say we have to play to win. The hatchet jobs have only just begun by the media and their uh, their spinmeisters. And boy, that one with Michelle Malkin was a major hatchet job against uh, against Ron Paul. They're trying to spin him as though he's a Democrat and a kook, 
And it's not going to work. He's going to have a chance to express his views more and clarify them. More coming up. Yeah, free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching in hour number two, and you can bring up whatever you want. Take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. That, once again... FreeTalkLive.com. Well, we uh, we're talking. We're gonna uh, we're gonna talk more about immigration coming up here. But last hour, uh, the last call of the hour brought us to Ron Paul, and I figure since we're on the topic, uh, we should continue with this. The call was in regards to the absolute hatchet job that uh, Fox News has done, and it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just. I think it was John Gibson and Michelle Malkin. Uh, that that really did up a hatchet job on Ron Paul, but but Sean Hannity was talking over him uh, and just being just rude uh, the other night after after the debate. Did you finally see that clip, Mark? Yeah, I saw Sean that. Sean Hannity, and I mean, really, they're, what they're really doing here is they're on the attack, aren't they? Mm. They're, Why they're, is that? Well, <laughs> they're scared. They're scared of Ron Paul. And they're scared of the numbers that he's getting on the Internet. They do not, absolutely do not want their sweet little deal up there in Washington, D.C., messed up by some libertarian that might get in power and actually shrink the size of the federal government. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, you and I, during the break, we were discussing the uh, Gandhi's list of things that happen. First they laugh at you. Well, it's first they ignore you. Oh, thank you, yes. First they ignore you, then they laugh at you. libertarians have been getting that for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Then and, they laugh at you. And, and, and then they laugh at you. And which I'm, they did uh, by poking fun at him, calling him a tinfoil hat and all mm-hmm. these other things that he's not. Then they attack you. And then they attack you, and then you win. Right. Right. So, the, you know, if, if Unless, Gandhi, of course, you go away when they attack you, which I don't think Ron Paul's going to do. He's, he stands right up to the accusations. He throws them right back in their face, and he responds intelligently. He responds eloquently, and he does a very good job. I may not agree with the man on all of his positions, but I agree with him on probably 90-plus percent of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he does a really, I think he does a good job of communicating. I did finally watch the excerpts from the debate. Mm-hmm. There was one time where he sort of rambled on, uh, but otherwise well, it, it he did a pretty be good easy job. To be up there, you no, know? certainly not. Certainly not. But otherwise he did a good job, and he's really done a good job when he's been under pressure by the talking heads like Sean Hannity and that sort of thing. If Sean Hannity had actually let him answer his questions, then that, uh, that sort of, that segment would have gone much more, uh, smoothly. But let's uh, let's go to what Jacob Hornberger has to say about the debate from the other night, the conflict between Ron Paul and Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Jay, no, I have it, Mark. It's, okay. Uh, Jacob Hornberger from the Future of Freedom Foundation at LewRockwell.com. Ron Paul once again roiled Republican presidential politics on the issue of foreign policy during the debate the other night, finishing second in the post-debate poll conducted by Fox News and first by a landslide, by the way, in the poll conducted by MSNBC, Mm -hmm. pointing out that U.S. foreign policy is the root cause of the anger and hatred that has engendered terrorism against the United States, including the 9-11 attacks, Paul suggested that America would be better off ending the U.S. government's role as world policemen, as well as its longtime policy of interventionism. He pointed to Vietnam as an example of where 60,000 American men died in a senseless war, while today Americans are instead peacefully investing and trading with the Vietnamese despite their communist regime. And I think it's pretty slick of Ron Paul uh, to point out how anti-war has always traditionally been a Republican thing. Right. 
I think that was that's a pretty slick move. Uh, Paul's point ignited an attack by former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who indignantly announced that he had never heard such a theory in his life and asked Paul to retract it. Instead, Paul steadfastly stood his ground, pointing out that the CIA itself had pointed out that the blowback that U.S. foreign policy has engendered. He cited the CIA's installation of the Shah of Iran in 1953 for producing the blowback that resulted in the taking of the U.S. hostages in Iran many years later. In a post-debate interview, Giuliani clarified his point by reciting the official U.S. canard that was issued immediately after the 9-11 attacks, that the terrorists hate us for our freedom and values. Giuliani suggested that it was because of our freedom of religion and freedom for women that we were attacked. Yes. Which, of course, no one of the terrorist camp has ever said. Uh, That's just a fantasy manufactured by those who would like to control you in this country, the big government people. When Paul mentioned Iran as an example of blowback from U.S. foreign policy, he was referring to the 1953 coup. Well, uh, hold on. Before you go on with that, I think that there are definitely people in the Middle East, Muslim extremists in the Middle East, that hate America for its religious freedom. I think there definitely are. But they've never made a videotape uh, like ha- Al-Qaeda has and, and expressed that. I understand that. I, that's and just you why suggesting would, why would they send um, Why would they send right. um, a videotape like that to us? I'm sure that, that all that stuff would be in Arabic and we wouldn't understand it and, you know, we'd have to, uh, you know, get translators and that kind of thing. But I think there definitely are. I just don't think that they would get any credence whatsoever from the Arab populace at large. They wouldn't get any political power. They wouldn't have anything. They'd just be a bunch of nut jobs and it, if it, we weren't occupying their right. countries. And isn't it, Ron Paul, or somebody pointed out that, well, if they hate Americans for their freedom and values, then why hasn't the attack happened, you know, a hundred years earlier. Why, why haven't they been right. attacking us all along? Right. We, 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 have been, uh, we have been fine from uh, the Middle East for a thousand years. Yeah. It's the last hundred years we've been dabbling over there and getting uh, progressively more enmeshed, and well, that's when they've been attacking. Hornberger's got a short list of some of the things that the United States government has been doing in the Middle East. When Paul mentioned Iran as an example of blowback from U.S. foreign policy, he was referring to the 1953 coup in which the CIA secretly and surreptitiously engineered the ouster of the democratically elected prime minister of Iran. Mohammed Mossadegh, who had been selected Time Magazine's Man of the Year. In his place, the CIA installed the Shah of Iran, Mm -hmm. whose secret police proceeded to terrorize and torture the Iranian people for the next 25 years with the ardent support of the U.S. government. As the Iranian people discovered the U.S. government's role in all of this, their anger and rage ultimately erupted in 1979 with the Iranian Revolution and the taking of the U.S. hostages. Gee, what a shocker. Mm. You mess with somebody else's country, and they turn it back on you. Consider U.S. foreign policy toward Iraq. Number one, the U.S. support of Saddam Hussein. In case you didn't know, we gave him weapons, mm-hmm. and we inst- uh, helped install him. And when I say we, I mean the U.S. government. Number two, the U.S. furnishing of weapons of mass destruction to Saddam Hussein and other correlative assistance provided by the U.S., in the use of such weaponry. Number three, the Persian Gulf intervention. Number four, the intentional destruction of Iraq's water and sewage facilities with full knowledge as to what effect such action would have on the long-term health of the Iraqi people. Number five, the more than ten years of brutal sanctions which contributed to the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Iraqi children from sickness and disease. And I believe those sanctions ran through the terms of uh, President Clinton and the original, uh, the original George Bush. Ran through most of the 90s, those sanctions. The deadly no-fly zones, number six, 
which had not been authorized by either the U.N. or the U.S. Congress, and whose enforcement entailed the firing of missiles and the dropping of bombs that killed even more Iraqis. Innocents. People who never harmed anybody. Number seven, U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Madeleine Albright's infamous statement to 60 Minutes that reverberated throughout the Middle East that the deaths of a half of a million Iraqi children via those sanctions that I mentioned had been, quote, worth it, unquote. Jeez. Number, uh, number eight, the invasion and occupation of Iraq, which has killed and maimed hundreds of thousands of more Iraqis. Number nine, the torture and sex abuse of Iraqi men at Abu Ghraib and elsewhere in Iraq, photographs and videos of which are still being kept hidden by U.S. officials because of their potential blowback. Number ten, the periodic rapes and murders that some U.S. troops have committed against the Iraqi people during the occupation. Number eleven, the arbitrary and indiscriminate searches and seizures without warrants being conducted by U.S. troops. And number 12, the indefinite detentions without trial of some 20,000 Iraqi men and women in overcrowded prisons. Those are 12 items that only involve U.S. foreign policy toward Iraq. That doesn't include all the things that we've done to all the other countries in the Middle East and all, all around the world and, and the hatred and animosity that has been engendered as a result of all that. That's just a sampling. How can anyone, says Hornberger, honestly believe that actions like those would not engender horrible anger and rage throughout the Middle East and indeed throughout the world? Really, how could anyone believe that? I, I don't know how anybody could believe it's that. Some sort believe of, otherwise. It's some sort of you know, ostrich uh, head-in-the-sand mentality of everything we do is right. Well, We're helping the world. How could the world not like us? We're helping them. Well, it's, it's that we problem um, that, that, that we're referring to. The government's doing what it's doing, and the American people are doing what they're doing. When the American people were attacked, they weren't... Uh, doing anything to the Middle Easterners, so they felt attacked, uh, you know, uh, for no reason. Well, our government um, gave the the Middle Easterners every reason to attack us. They absolutely but did. But the American people didn't do anything, so they felt attacked. 1-800-259-9231. More from Hornberger. Your thoughts as well. 800-259-9231. Still to come, the illegal immigrant dentist. That's on the way in your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you is 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female Listeners is there. Lots of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. And wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to nevergetbusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that has gained world attention. Nevergetbusted.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Talking about Ron Paul and what he was talking about in the debate the other night, which apparently has shocked the core of America. Or at least that's how the pundits are acting, the talking heads on television, acting as though that no one has ever suggested such a thing before. The idea that the American government, the United States government, going around the world, specifically in the Middle East, destroying people's lives, blowing things up, imposing sanctions... In engaging in uh, uh, coups, just meddling, the idea that that would possibly result in somebody getting a little bit angry with uh, with the United States. Gee, you think? 
So that's basically what Ron Paul pointed out. And Jacob Hornberger from the Future of Freedom Foundation has uh, just gone down a uh, quick 12-point laundry list of the, a variety of different horrible, destructive, terrible things that the U.S. government has done in Iraq alone, let alone all the other uh, areas of the Middle East and over the last several decades. He only really focused, it in, uh, focused in on the last 20 years or so in Iraq and all the awful things that we've done there. I mean the government. I didn't do it. As Ron Paul emphasized in last night's debate, imagine if some foreign power, like China, had done the same types of things to the United States. Wouldn't Americans experience anger and rage? I know I would. Indeed, closer to home, suppose Venezuela imposed sanctions and no-fly zones on the southeastern part of the United States. And, and then, enforced them. Right, and mm-hmm. then sent in Venezuelan troops to wage the war on terrorism right there in Florida. After all, don't forget that the U.S. government's refusal to turn over accused terrorist Luis Posada Carias to the Venezuelan government for trial is no different in principle from the Taliban's refusal to turn over Osama bin Laden to the United States after the 9-11 attacks. In fact, Venezuela's case is stronger than the Taliban's because Venezuela, unlike Afghanistan, has an extradition agreement with the United States. Moreover, Venezuela, unlike Washington's response to the Taliban regime, is ready and willing to offer evidence of Posada's role in the terrorist bombing of a Cuban airliner, which took the lives of 73 innocent people, including the young members of a Cuban sports team. What Ron Paul's participation in the 2008 presidential uh, race is accomplishing is this. It's making people such as Rudy Giuliani and his supporters think about the things they've never thought about before and causing them to view the U.S. government and its longtime paradigm of empire and interventionism in an entirely different way. It's also why he's engendering considerable discomfort among people who have long believed that the federal government is a deity whose foreign policies are beyond reproach. Don't be surprised to hear more calls for suppressing Paul's participation in future debates, even while the critics continue to wax eloquent about how U.S. soldiers are killing and dying in Iraq for the sake of democracy. In last night's debate, Rudy Giuliani made a mistake, or a few nights ago, that is commonly made by those who view the federal government as a deity. Conflating the United States government and the American people, he suggested in the post-interview debate, or post-debate interview, that Ron Paul was blaming America. And actually, Paul did no such thing. No, he blamed the American government. Exactly. And there is a difference, a big difference. He blamed the U.S. government's interventionist foreign policies for the morass in which our nation now finds itself. Like our founding fathers and the framers of the Constitution, Paul understands that the federal government and the country are two separate and distinct groups, which in fact is precisely why the Bill of Rights expressly protects the country from the federal government. See, the country and the people that make it up are productive They do things that are actually important. The government, on the other hand, is a parasite. The government cannot produce. It can only produce destruction no, the, and the government, harm. The government, and when, when you say parasite, what you mean is it's a parasitical relationship to the earning power of the American people. That's correct. That's what taxes are. The government's not producing anything. The American people are, and the government's just taking its quote-unquote share, which amounts to somewhere between 50% and, and above, um, of, of what you make in An order ever to... ever-increasing share. Yes, ever-increasing share. Ron Paul's answers in the other night's debate reflect how differently he approaches societal problems as com- compared to politicians like Giuliani. Keep in mind that Ron Paul is, first and foremost, a physician. As a doctor, he's trained in diagnosing an ailment correctly because he knows that the correct prescription almost always depends on the right diagnosis. Right. The rest of the guys on that stage, professional politicians and lawyers. Equally important, he isn't going to lie to a patient or feed him a false reality about the seriousness of his ailment. In order for the patient to make the correct decision as to whether to embark on a certain course of treatment, Paul knows that it's necessary that the patient confront the reality of his condition. Therefore, 
During the debate, Ron Paul was simply doing what he's done for many years, both as a doctor and a congressman. He was uh, diagnosing what ails the American body politic and prescribed the radical treatment that's necessary to heal the patient. The patient can obviously go into denial, preferring to believe instead the lies and false realities of charlatans. But deep down, the patient always knows that ultimately, reality will not escape, uh, enable him to escape the consequences of having done so. 800-259-9231. We'll continue to keep you up to date on the Ron Paul situation as we talk to Kevin in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yeah, I'm calling in as a uh, concerned Ron Paul supporter here. Yes. Um, and I'm going to change it just a little bit about what you're currently going after, uh, change the conversation a little bit. Okay. Um, I want to talk about uh, what a fanboy is. Okay, um, sure. I'll get a, uh, you might, guys might know, but I'll give a quick definition. Okay. An individual who is utterly devoted to a sim- single subject, often to the point where it is considered an obsession, fanboys remain loyal to their particular obsession, disregarding any factors that differ from their viewpoint. And basically what I'm worried about and what I'm seeing online are people that are blindly supporting Ron Paul and, you know, spamming stuff and, and actually almost spamming some hate like some neocons do. And I, I really think they're hurting Ron Paul more than they're helping. Can you give an example? Um, like on Dig, you'll, you'll see people, you know, there's lots of articles in, in Dig on the upcoming articles uh, for Ron Paul. And you'll have a group of, you know, I don't know how many people, 20 to 50 people, that all they do is dig everything that is Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. And when you spam a site like Dig with that, it, it doesn't help. It just makes people annoyed with you, with your cause. So are you suggesting that people not um, not dig up Ron Paul-related articles? No, no, no. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm just saying don't go overboard. I mean, you need to pick and choose. Read the articles. Make sure you know the article is valid and it's not some wacko article or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know... Um, I totally understand where you're coming from in any sort of political – in any political group, whether it be a group of people supporting a candidate or a group of people calling themselves a political party. Inevitably, there are going to be people in that group that you disagree with, that you think their tactics are wrong, that their tactics are detrimental. And you know what? You might be right. Um, these people might actually be hurting uh, Ron Paul's campaign. On the other hand, really, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Um, you can certainly get on Free Talk Live and admonish them and ask them to be nice and not do those things in the future, but that may or may not actually have an effect. And the, those people that are really getting upset at seeing too many Ron Paul articles or a few questionable Ron Paul articles, then are those people really likely to vote for Ron Paul in the first place? I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's a possibility. I'll take uh, I'll take my uh, supporters where I can get them. Um, you know, the more people that like Ron Paul, the better, as far as I'm concerned. And, and whatever tactics they use is, I, I don't know. That's the way I see. It. You can't. You, all you can do is really just roll with the punches and and hope for the best. Kevin, thanks for the call. Either way, it works out. Ron Paul is reaching out, and he is going to help affect people's lives in a positive way. I think. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there 
are completely free. That again, freetalklive.com, including the bulletin board system, over 225,000 posts, over 1,400 people interacting. A lot of fun. bbs.freetalklive.com. Serious issues being discussed there as well. That's bbs.freetalklive.com, and it is for free. By the way, a great way to support the show is to buy my house. Head over to house.freetalklive.com. You'll get a lovely three-bedroom, two-bath Newly remodeled home, lots of new stuff, new bathrooms, new windows, uh, new kitchen stuff, uh, and and uh, and a soundproofed room. The the very first studio of uh, Free Talk Live. So it's actually a piece of history as well. Yes, de- desperation befits you, my friend. One hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, minutes from the beach. Go to house.freetalklive.com and uh, you can go live in uh, what some people consider paradise, Sarasota, Florida. House.freetalklive.com. All right, so let's go to the phones and to Puke in New Hampshire. You're on the amplifier line. Hey, Puke. Hey, soundproof room. That sounds kind of neat. But, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not in Florida. Well, what's on your or mind? Unfortunately, actually. Um, I just want to call in with some uh, light, lighter stuff. Uh, I know you like Transformers. And, I do. Um, I just saw the uh, – I like movies, so I watch previews quite often. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just released the – Last, I guess they call it, uh, trailer for the film that comes out in uh, next month. Oh, really? I mean, just or released as in June. today? Yes, as far Ooh. as I know, uh, it's on Yahoo, Ooh. and it looks really cool. Um, I don't know much of anything about Transformers, but I like uh, digital graphics and stuff. Yeah. And it looks like they did a darn good job of making that... Uh, the Transformers look pretty realistic. Yeah, I saw the trailer that they put out. I guess it was probably about a month or so ago, and um, it's it's going to be pretty awesome. I think that I, I'm really excited about. This is going to be one of those. I don't go and see a lot of movies in the theater, but that's going to be one of them for sure. And of course, I also am a, tra- a Transformers fan. But it does look like they did a really great job with the graphics. And from what I understand. Uh, th- there are a lot of what they call set pieces in the movie, so there's it's going to be a fairly long-running film, from what I understand, yeah. like over two hours, and there's going to be a lot of, uh, as they call them, set pieces, which are essentially action scenes in the movie where the robots will be fighting and blowing things up and destroying yeah. things. And that sort I'm, of thing. I'm not much of a fan of Michael Bay, but he sure knows how to blow things up on film. So. You know, I <laughs> haven't seen a lot of Michael Bay movies. I, I really enjoyed The Rock which uh, was his, I think it was his sophomore effort. I guess he broke in with Bad Boys and then did The Rock, and I really found that an entertaining film. I guess a lot of people say that he jumped the shark with uh, Pearl Harbor. I never saw that one, uh, but that's just what I've heard. Yeah, Pearl Harbor was pretty good. It had some neat sequences, but, uh, you know, everyone has their own taste. So Indeed. I'd say watch it for yourself and uh, make your own opinions. So what uh, else uh, What else is on your mind? Uh, what else? Um the Liberty Card, which is an advertiser for you guys. That's correct. Uh, it is, um, he has a deal going, I think, until next month where if you are an amplifier, he will send you 100 free cards. And so I did that. Uh, I sent him an email Sunday through his website and got them today, and they are really cool. Sweet. And uh, I suggest, uh, you know, if, if this is something that I was looking for, if you uh, are talking to somebody and they're like, you know, they really don't understand where you're coming from. You whip out this card, and, uh, you know, it's like a little business card, and mm-hmm. you can hand it to them, and there's all kinds of websites, and they can find out for themselves. You know, I was I looking at a the, really neat idea. I was looking at it. Is it libertycard.net, Mark? Um, can I, you check that for I me? I have to check it. I know it's uh, dot .something, and I want to make sure I get it right. Um, I was looking at the actual picture of the card, and what I really think's cool about it is he did a business – it's a business card, right? So it's, yes. So card size. He, he did a business card size, but he managed to fit the entire world's smallest political quiz on one side of the business card. Did he not? 
Yes, it's it's uh, on one side, and on the other side is uh, all uh, websites for libertarian organizations, media blogs, and uh, political organizations that are libertarian libertarian leading. And it's uh, libertycard.org. It is yes. libertycard.org. I suggest if you uh, if you are looking for a handy little thing to hand to your friends to say, hey, this is what I'm all about. That's a pretty good place to start. I know it's Free Talk Live on it too. Oh yeah, it's our website's on there, and uh, I know that I'm gonna get a few hundred cards myself. He's sending them that, sending them our way. I'll send some to you, Mark, and that way we can all carry them around with us. I think they're pretty slick. Um, I've yet to actually put my hands on them, but uh, I'm, I'm betting they'll be in my mailbox by the end of the week. So they look good on the website. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Puke, thank you for the call. Yep. We appreciate no it. 800-259-9231. In case you don't know what the world's smallest political quiz is, uh, I recommend that you go to theadvocates.org, uh, and I think it's forward slash quiz, but there should be a pretty prominent link to it there, or you can just go to links.freetalklive.com, and it's right there at the top of the page. But it's a very short 10-question quiz where you answer yes, maybe, or no based on how you feel about the, the question, and then after you're done with the 10 questions, you total up your score, and then you take your scores and you put them on, you plot them on this little diamond chart. And depending on where your scores are, will show you whether or not you're a liberal or a conservative or an authoritarian or a centrist or a libertarian. Right. And it's really a brilliant little quiz. And the ones that I have had, uh, and it's all also it's been taken millions of times, and it's it's passed out in uh, in classrooms across America, and it's had a lot of success over the years. Um, many of us will do what they call an Operation Politically Homeless booth, which is where us liberty-minded people will go to an event like a, a county fair or a gun show or a gay and lesbian pride fest, wherever people are, wherever people are milling about. Um, you can go and you set up a booth and you, you give out these quizzes, you tally up people's scores, you've got a huge version of the chart and you, you put their results on the chart so other people can see where people are at. And it's, right. it's a lot people of fun. People like that stuff. It's kind of like getting your zodiac sign, your, your palm red or something like that. But it's like actually that. useful. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's pretty fun too. And so what I really thought was impressive about the Liberty Card, and again it's libertycard.org, uh, was I thought was impressive was that they, that, uh, Corey has managed to boil the quiz, the world's smallest political quiz, down to one side of a business card. Hmm. And I like that because I, in my wallet right now, have the the old business card version of the world's smallest political quiz, which right. is a two-sided business card. On one side are the questions, and on the other side is the chart and the instructions on how to do it. So they filled up the whole card with this thing, and I thought, man, it, you know, it's so small as is, how could they possibly make this any smaller? But uh, Corey did a really great job. On that, and so check it out at libertycard.org. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and uh, and the Transformers. Mark, you didn't comment on that. Did you have anything to say about this? Well, thing? I mean, I thought that it looked like a neat trailer. The one I saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, looking for Captain America's coming out next year. Is that right? Yep. Who's going to be Captain America? Oh, I don't know what the actors. Name. I don't know anything about actors. Um, you know, I'm just interested in seeing the movie. Well. Lawrenceville, Georgia, I said we were going to talk about this because it'll give you some sort of an idea for what life is like. As an as an illegal immigrant, I mean, we already know that illegal immigrants, in many cases, uh, and I hate even using those terms. I mean, they're they're deemed illegal immigrants. To me, they're just people that want to make a better life for themselves. Anyway, these so-called illegal immigrants, we already know that they come over here in the backs of uh, smoldering hot trucks, drive, you know, eighteen wheelers stuffed in with uh, sixty other people in the back of a truck, and many of them sometimes perish. Uh, we know that many of them uh, tr- make the treacherous uh, crossing journey on foot um, across the border. And, you know, it's not easy for them to get here in the first place. But, but then what is life like when you're actually living in America, knowing that 
tomorrow, uh, jackbooted, uh, jackbooted thugs could kick in the door of the place that you work at, raid your workplace, and, and take you back to the country that you came from. What's life like living sort of under the radar in that way? Can't be comfortable. Where, you, uh, where you're frightened to even deal with regular Americans because you're concerned that one of them's going to think you're an illegal and snitch you out to the authorities who will then raid your house and separate you from your children, as we've seen done. These are things that are really happening in America right now. So, so what's it like? Well, as it turns out, in Lawrenceville, Georgia, a lot of people, um, you know, illegal or legal, people have to go to the dentist. But since people are certain people are so-called illegal, they're kind of afraid to go to legitimate dentists because, I don't know, they're afraid they're going to get snitched out. And so they go to an illegal dentist. A man's been charged for practicing medicine without a license after dental equipment was found in his apartment. Police spokesman uh, says that the officers arrested 29-year-old Jesus Ordaneta Casanova on Wednesday. Investigators were called to the apartment complex. He says maintenance workers entered the apartment to repair a water leak. Then they saw dental equipment, and they called the police. A little bit more on this coming up. 800-259-9231. We'll tell you what sort of equipment he was using. So you can have some idea for what underground dentistry can be like. Why does somebody call the police on dental equipment? Snitching. It's becoming a uh, part and parcel of life in America. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free that we do ask you voluntarily support the show. By becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn about the program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And what is AMP? What does that mean, Mark? Advertise, Market, and Promote Free Talk Live. It's uh, essentially joining a club that uh, and all your dues, your membership dues, go to simply advertising, marketing, and uh, promoting Free Talk Live, not into our pockets for any reason. Right, that helps like get that. us on more radio stations mm-hmm. around the country, and if we're on more radio stations, that means more new people coming across the message of freedom and liberty. So it's actually a, a, it's actually a, like a libertarian outreach program mm-hmm. as well. So, An effective one. Yeah. Uh, head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn about the perks. You'll get access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum, amp-only chat room. And what I think is the coolest thing is, like, uh, Puka just called in to talk about the, the Liberty Card. That is a product. It's an. It's currently an advertiser with us, but it's a product that was created by an amplifier mm-hmm. for the purposes of doing outreach for liberty in general. And I just love how some of our amplifiers sort of scratch each other on the back in that you know he's offering a hundred free cards to anybody who's an amplifier. Now he's also offering free shipping on any orders to to free talk live listeners in general. But I think it's cool that like I didn't suggest that. And he just came up with it. Said, hey, you're an amplifier. I'll give you some free stuff. So there's there's just random perks that'll come about uh, as a result of being an amplifier too. It's kind of cool. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get all the details on that. Now then, imagine going to a dentist uh, who uses pliers, box cutters, Ooh. and etching blades that he bought at a hardware store in order to pull teeth, fill cavities, and create dentures. Yeah, two weeks ago, uh, authorities in West Georgia arrested an illegal immigrant, so-called, on charges that he ran an unlicensed dental practice out of his home in Carleton. Ernesto Estrado is accused of performing procedures on hundreds of illegal immigrants who were too afraid to go to a licensed dentist. Now, that's a different story. It's the same. It's in the same story, but it's a different illegal dentist 
uh, as uh, Ordoneta Casanova, Jesus Ordoneta Casanova, was busted this last week in Lawrenceville, Georgia. So there are multiple underground dentists that are, only two of them have been caught so right. far. Now, if there's look, two out there that have been caught in such a short period of time, there are definitely multiple um, across America. Now, I, I don't have any problem with people so-called practicing medicine without a license. If you want to take the risk of going to somebody that hasn't, you know... Or you have to take the risk. ...gotten his license, I just mean if you want to, in, right. a, in a free market. If you want to go to a shade tree mechanic or underground, whoever, that's your risk. You can take it. You should be free to make that choice. In this case, these people are going to these guys because they don't feel like they have another option mm-hmm. because they feel like if they go to a legitimate dentist that they might you know get the wrong one who will happen to be a an anti-immigrant crusader or something like that or one of his staff members gets suspicious and snitch you out, snitch you out to the cops so hundreds of, of so-called illegal immigrants are going the underground route and going to guys with pliers in their back you know in a, in a garage somewhere that's just one example of what life must be like for uh, to, to live underground as as a uh, so-called illegal immigrant here in America. Do you want to live that way? Would you want other people to live that way? That's sad, man. People shouldn't have to live that way. People should be able to to uh, to come here and 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 live a life that is just like anybody else's as as long as they've worked hard and you know they're not on welfare welfare needs to go away let people be free i would What's totally agree that? i would totally agree with you um in this but i don't think that uh the fact that there's an illegal dentist who's uh, performing uh you know a substandard equipment is going to be in any way shape or form motivating to the uh, illegal immigrant uh crusaders i didn't think it would i was just pointing out to those of you that actually care how awful living life as as an illegal person must be in america i mean it's so bad in these people's countries that they're coming here so they can live underground and go to guys with pliers for their dentist work. I mean, that, that's how bad it was in the, the place they came from. It was worse than that in the place they came from. They left something worse to come here. This, this, this sort of life is a step up from what they used to have. Just trying to, just, I'm just trying to put myself in those shoes and trying to imagine what that must be like. Because that sounds awful to me. You really want to subject people to that? If you do, I think you're a sick person. 800-259-9231. The real culprit when it comes to immigration is government and its policies of redistributing wealth. If you, if you don't agree with that and, and you, you're in favor of, distributing, of redistributing wealth at, at, uh, by the point of a gun, which is what welfare is, then why don't you just come right out and call yourself what you are? You're a communist. Why don't you do that? 800-259-9231. Speaking of immigration, actually, we'll get to this in a bit. Uh, let's go to someone who is outside of the borders of the United States. It's Phil in Australia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Phil. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, sir. What's on your mind? I'm just wondering, um, that's your music there. I'm just wondering how copyright well works into that. I mean, you have uh, some pretty major artists. You have Megadeth, uh, Pantera, Grit, um, a few other groups. Um, how does copyright law play into that? Well, as I understand it, uh, fair use means that you, you can use those music beds. Uh, that, and he's talking about the music that leads us in and out of breaks in the show. Uh, you can use 30 seconds, I believe, of and the, the radio music. stations pay ASCAP BMI fees, uh, which makes it okay. Right. And besides, even if it weren't okay, I'd do it anyway until I got a cease and desist. And then i just stop. So. No worries. I'm just wondering, are any of these bands aware that you're using them? And if so, what's the, what is the response being? Uh, not to my knowledge. 
Okay, no worries. Also, um, I'm in Australia and I would love to move to the free state, but I believe that you need to uh, to have a job and be sponsored by the employer in an area that is not a common um, area of employment. Um, I'm just wondering if you have any, any, any clarity on that. I've heard that that makes it easier to get uh, a work visa to have a, you know, have a skill in some area that's not common, but um, you know, it seems like a lot of people get over, um, get over here with uh, just normal skills or no skills, whatever. Yeah, I'm not an expert on uh, what the process is like to actually to to actually get over here, so you could probably tell me more than I actually know in regards to that. Phil? No worries. That's all i got. Very good, sir. Thanks for the call. <laughs> we weren't very helpful for him, were we? 800-259-9231. No I, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I mean, as far as look, trying to uh, trudge through the bureaucracy, the morass of rules that the uh, the government has in, in play for the, the immigration procedures, I mean, it's a nightmare. A, a friend of mine was dating a guy from uh, West Germany who had, uh, you know, just sort of come over here to travel. He got, I guess he, maybe he had a travel visa. Maybe he didn't. I don't mm-hmm. know. And uh, he needed money while he was here. And, um, you know, through the network of friends, he managed to get a job uh, just on a construction site. So he, you know, worked here for six, nine months or something like that and then went back to West Germany. So he went home. Or went back to Germany. Because a lot of people get the visa and then they'll just stay. Of course, yeah, he, then, he, then he life gets difficult. Uh, so 800-259-9231, uh, let's talk a little bit more about this immigration thing. Arizona, Reuters reporting, a pilot project to place a high-tech network of surveillance towers along a stretch of the U.S.-Mexican border has met boisterous opposition in this Arizona town, where some residents call it Big Brother. So this is sort of in contrast to an article we had yesterday about how one town in Texas has passed a law, like, or they passed some sort of an ordinance by popular vote. 68% of the people in that town voted in favor of requiring landlords to check the immigration status of, of each person that wants to rent their houses. Well, this is kind of, I guess, it's kind of good news in Arizona. One particular town is is just saying no to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency that's installing a network of nine towers with ground radar and night vision cameras to monitor a 28-mile stretch of the border near Arivaca, southwest of Tucson. It's the first trial for the communications and technology arm of the government's Secure Border Initiative. Announced in 2005, dubbed SBINet, authorities say it will be extended across some 6,000 miles of the Mexican and Canadian borders in segments in coming years. Residents of this remote, high-desert ranching town of 1,500 people have packed four public meetings in recent weeks to oppose the project, which is due to go live at the end of next month. They're saying, it's it's like Big Brother. It'll place the whole town under surveillance, said community activist C. Hughes. Uh, He told Reuters, as residents gathered for a meeting late on Tuesday with the Border Patrol representatives, saying the government will be able to watch and record every movement we make 24 hours a day. It will be like living in a prison yard, she added. Residents of the community are particularly concerned about one 98-foot-tall tower topped with cameras and radar that will be placed just south of the town, which lies about 12 miles from the border. They said, why are they doing it here and not at the border? It's horrifying, and it makes no sense, said a gallery owner from uh, from the nearby town. That's so, nice, having a big, giant tower overlooking your town. There's going to be more than, uh, than one of these towers, but yes, uh, at least nine of them. And uh, last year, about 1.1 million people were arrested crossing the border illegally from Mexico, more than a third of them through the heavily trafficked desert corridor south of Tucson, Arizona. So, you know, the Border Patrol doesn't care. They're not accountable to the people in this town. 
so the people in the town can yell and scream all they want about uh, how this is a police state and how they don't want to be monitored, but we think the Border Patrol is going to do this. going to shrug their shoulders and say, Doing our job, man. Tough S. 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is coming up. Street lockdowns proposed for Baltimore. Why? We'll explain. It's coming up. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231, and the toll-free number. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, freetalklive.com. Now, we uh, we wrapped up hour number two by talking about a, a story which I, I found a little unusual. It seemed to seems to me that the people down south are kind of upset about the whole immigration situation and based on a story from last night a lot of them are willing to pass laws restricting freedom uh restricting a lot of freedom in order to so-called stop the flow of illegal immigrants uh but there's a little bit of good news in that one particular town is is in opposition to the new border patrol system multi you know multi-billion dollar system uh, that is being built in their town or just outside of their town, multiple towers with cameras and radar systems on them. You know, those the people in that town are a little bit concerned because, you know, it's sort of like Big Brother, cameras, watching. Giant towers. Automated systems, radar. It's a little bit impersonal, a little Big Brother-like. So kind of good to know that some of the people are, are rising up in opposition to this. Unfortunately, there's not a damn thing uh, thing they can do about it because it's the federal government, and we've seen what happened out in California when people tried to uh, to go against what the federal government wanted in the, in the case of the medical marijuana situation out there. Feds don't care what the Californians want. The feds don't care that the majority of Californians overwhelmingly voted for Proposition 215 that legalized medicinal marijuana. They'll kick in as many doors as they need to to take as much pot and as much cash as they want. Same thing down here on the border. Feds don't care that the people down there in that town don't want to be watched by the federal government. Of course, they're claiming, oh, well, we're not going to watch the people in the town. We're going to be watching the uh, the border, which is uh, on the other side of the town. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry. We won't won't spend any time looking through your windows or anything like that. Or will they? You know, there was a really neat episode of uh, Penn & Teller's BS. I think it was season four, maybe season three. Anyway, in this episode, it was about Homeland Security and and how it's BS, basically. And what they did was was brilliant. They uh, they set up this... Basically, they do these kind of fun little uh, real-life setups. Not really candid camera, but sort of the same mentality where you're telling someone one thing and you're not really telling them the full truth. So what they did was they put an ad in the paper for um, essentially Homeland Security people. Like, we want to hire you to Mm -hmm. do Homeland Security. Should be interesting. And so inevitably, they got some people responding. You would think that somebody who you would think that somebody who uh, would respond to an ad like. I want you to, you know, we want to give you a job in Homeland Security would be of the patriotic mindset. They would be some, they would be people who really were for, uh, for the country and for America and rah, rah. And as it turns out, when, when asked those relevant questions, the people were indeed very patriotic, right? So sounds good so far. Sounds like you got some good qualified candidates. 
So what they did was they set up a, a little test, a little training situation, though they weren't told it was training. It was just sort of you know their first night on the job, basically, where they were put into the, a back of, the back of a van, and the back of that van had some um, monitoring equipment, cameras. They had access to, to a camera that was controllable via a joystick, much like a, a, a camera on the top of a tower would be controllable via a joystick. You want to be able to rotate the camera around and zoom in and out so you can, you know, supposedly spot the illegal immigrants that are coming in, right? right. Well, in this case, they were told that uh, it wasn't about immigration. It was about some something else. They were told they were monitoring a suspected terrorist. And uh, they, they were in a neighborhood situation where there was one house and then another house right next to it. Well, the one house they were supposed to be monitoring was where the suspected terrorist was at. And they were given very specific instructions that it was their job to keep an eye on this house to make sure the terrorist, the suspect, didn't leave. Okay? Simple job, right? Makes the, sense. The car's out front. He's presumably going to get in his car and, or if, he, if he wants to leave. Keep an, eye on the, keep an eye on the vehicle. Keep an eye on the front yard. Keep an eye on the house. That's your job. Easy job, man. I mean, to get paid to sit in a, a van all night and, and watch someone's house? I mean, that's pretty sweet. So you'd think there wouldn't be any problems. I mean, these people are patriotic. They love America. They mm-hmm. want to help out. They want to stop terrorism. It's a shoe-in, right? Makes sense. So here's what they did. And this is brilliant. The house next door, windows open, okay? No blinds in front of it. Woman arrives at the house next door. Inevitably, I mean, they're watching. They, they can see that something's going on. They catches their attention. Woman arrives at the house next door, goes into the house next door, and uh, starts making out with a guy in there. Mm. Guess what they did with the camera? Watch the uh, guy and the woman making out. Uh-huh. Yep. And when they stopped looking... Guess what? Yep, exactly. You can, you can figure this out. <laughs> the, t- the terrorist guy was gone. He was gone, yep. And uh, so, you know, just one example and a very real life, very fair example, random people responding to this ad for Homeland Security agents not doing their job and watching the suspected terrorist. So what do you think's going to happen when the bureaucrats are sitting around bored to death in the, you know, the Border Patrol security station watching the feeds coming in from the video monitors? Are they going to really want to sit and watch the boring old desert? Are they going to turn their camera around and zoom in on the town, see what's going on? What do you think? Um, town. Your choice. 800-259-9231. Now, here is the story we talked about at the beginning of the show. Said we were going to get to it, and it's kind of scary. In fact, it's really scary. We've talked about um, how the, uh, the United States is on a path towards a police state. Many people could argue, and I think uh, rightly so, that we're already there. Though, it's not really in your face for a lot of people. For a lot of people, they wouldn't know it. For the respectables, for instance, they wouldn't know they're, they're living in a police state. They don't come under suspicion for anything. It's all those unrespectable people that get caught up in it. You know, pot smokers, immigrants, the other people. Mm-hmm. And so, to my, in my opinion, it is a police state, and it's getting worse. And this article just backs it up. Baltimore, from the Associated Press, a city council leader alarmed by Baltimore's rising homicide rate wants to give the mayor the power to put troubled neighborhoods under virtual lockdown. Desperate measures are needed when we're in desperate situations, said the uh, vice president of the city council, Robert Curran. He told that to the Sun. He said he would introduce the legislation next week. Under his plan, the mayor could declare public safety act zones, which would allow police to close liquor stores and bars, limit the number of people on city sidewalks, and halt traffic during two-week intervals. 
Police would be encouraged to aggressively stop and frisk individuals in those zones to search for weapons and drugs. Baltimore has tallied 108 homicides already this year, compared to 98 over the same period last year. Police and prosecutors also say they're facing a stop-snitching culture that discourages victims and witnesses from cooperating with investigators trying to get criminals off the streets. Now, um, just out of curiosity, I don't know what uh, Baltimore's gun laws are, but I do know that most gun laws in most major cities, and Baltimore would fit into that category, certainly a top 25 market, are pretty restrictive. Yeah. And I would imagine that what these uh, random stops would do would, would be that, uh, you know, to cause people that uh, would otherwise be carrying a firearm, you know, whether it's permitted or not, and therefore keeping themselves and perhaps the people around them safe would be less likely to carry those weapons because these are the law-abiding citizens. Yep. They don't want to get caught. They're not going to run from the cops when the cops, uh, you know, want to frisk them or anything like that. And once again... When you outlaw guns, only the outlaws will have guns. It's the truth, and uh, I mean, despite the the gun situation in Baltimore, this is yet another example of how government feeds on itself. And uh, once again, a principle that we've discussed on the show is that when government creates a program, the program inevitably gets bigger than ever expected, more expensive than ever expected, creates problems that wasn't intended to uh, to create. In many cases, the opposite of its its original intentions. It it results in that, like the war on poverty creating more poverty, war on drugs creating more drug use. So in this case. Um, presumably there are some restrictive gun control laws in Baltimore, and if you live there, you could tell us at 800-259-9231. But in this case, the police obviously aren't doing a very good job stopping murder. They've gone up from uh, 98 to 108 over the uh, over a five-month period, basically, in, in this year. Same period last year. It's gone up 10%. I don't know how these little stops are going to uh, stop murders. <laughs> no, of course not. It's just going to catch more people with pot. Right. That's what it's really all about. And... But, but but my point it's, here it's is... It's about people catching people with contraband of all sorts, whether right. it's guns or pot or... And it's about control. That's what this really is. And, and my point here is that the, the government's doing a miserable, miserable job at stopping crime. And so their solution is to crack down even further. Instead of allowing people the freedom to uh, create uh, neighborhood patrols and carry weapons for themselves, no, the, the solution is... Zones where you aren't free to move about without police approval. Zones where the government is in total control. We'll explain more coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. That includes live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you completely free, freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings, and socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We're going to be there. Hope you will, too. Now, we're talking about a very frightening story, a harbinger, if you will, of things to come, perhaps, uh, across the country. This one is happening in Baltimore. What's happening is the government there, one particular, in this this case, uh, City Council Vice President Robert Curran, has proposed legislation, and as he says, desperate measures are needed in desperate situations. Well, the desperate situation is the fact that Baltimore's got a few murders, They've had 108 murders so far this year, compared to 98 by this point in time last year. 
And so this is a crisis, and we need to crack down on freedom. What they're going to do is create public safety act zones where... Pretty much anything goes as far as government control of your actions. They can shut down liquor stores. They can shut down bars. They can limit the number of people on city sidewalks, which theoretically could be zero or police only, government approval only, uh, and halt traffic during two-week intervals. And I'm sure that's just the beginning. I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg. Now, of course, our solution is, well, let people own guns and let them defend themselves, and the problem will work itself out. But no, that's not government's idea of a solution. Their idea is more control, more restriction, more regulation, and a police state. That's what this is. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Adam in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Adam. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, don't tell me he's not there. Is he there? Adam in Baltimore, I'm hoping. We'll try him back here in a moment. 800-259-9231. Here's the rest of the story. Another council member, a mayoral hopeful, said Curran's idea was an interesting concept. Really? (laughs) I don't see what's interesting about it. Cracking down on on Americans' freedoms. Oh, but he said it was an interesting concept, but it raised questions about civil liberties, saying, quote, Questions. We have to make sure we're not declaring martial law. Well, I guess the uh, I mean, I guess the response to that from the government side would be, well, we're not declaring martial law. This is a uh, the, the, it's an the, act zone. Uh, yeah, thing. it's a, a public safety act zone. Mayor Sheila Dixon had a lukewarm response after a meeting with Curran, but she said she might support the idea with some changes. Quote, we're already currently in those communities. We're bringing the resources and services to the communities, and I want them to build on what we're attempting to do. Just just a bunch of bureaucratic gobbledygook, newspeak, just doublespeak. Well, what is that? We're already in those communities. We're bringing the resources and services to the communities. Right. By asking them what their names are, you know, patting them down, uh, frisking them for drugs and uh, other contraband. Curran said he modeled his plan after an approach advocated by the Philadelphia mayoral candidate Michael Nutter, who won the Democratic nomination on Tuesday, by the way. Remember, we talked about this guy. Uh, Who could forget a name like Nutter? Uh, (laughs) Nutter has called for declarations of a state of emergency in high-crime neighborhoods where police would conduct aggressive stop-and-frisk searches and impose curfews. So once again, Mark, uh, we started out by talking about how the respectables will not be seeing any of this. Right. This is not going to happen in the upper-middle-class white neighborhoods. If there are any in Baltimore, right? Um, this is oh, this is going to happen in neighborhoods of you know ethnic varieties. It's going to be those people that are going to get the trouble, and they're going to grow to further dislike and not trust the cops. Yeah, the the, the uh, point in the article earlier was that the police are upset because there's the snop uh, the stop snitching culture in America mm-hmm. in Baltimore specifically. Uh, and the reason that stop snitching culture exists is because people don't like the cops. The, the, and the reason that people don't like the cops is because of the war on drugs. That's the primary reason. So they're going to crack down farther on it. Yep. So as now that's going to have to, you know, as though catching somebody with a pocket full of pot is going to have anything to do with stopping murders or shutting down liquor stores, shutting down bars. I guess the ag- the argument there as well, if you don't let them get alcohol in their in their blood, then they're less likely to get violent. Which may be the case, but hey, there are plenty of people that can drink without getting violent. Look, if you try to prohibit alcohol in Baltimore, all you're going to do is drive up the price of alcohol. That's all. And people, people are, are just going to stock get, up. 
they're they are. Gonna stock they're going to stock up. The, um, Drink at home. People are going to bring it. At, well, they were you know stopping the liquor stores too. That's assumably to do the same thing. Right. But people are going to bring it in from neighborhoods where it's not prohibited. It's just nonsense. Again, here's uh, Curran, the man who is uh, coming up with this plan. He also sponsored Balt. This guy's just lovely. He also sponsored Baltimore's recently passed smoking ban. He says he expects opposition. Quote, some of the critics of the smoking ban were telling me if you want to save lives in, ba- in Baltimore, do something about the murder rate. Do something about the gun violence, he said. I'm trying to stop the murders to reduce the mortality rate from gun violence in this town. Mm. Yuck. No thank you. How would you feel if you were someone who is living in one of these public safety act zones where your your movements are monitored by the police, where you are subject to being frisked and searched by the police at any time you happen to be on the streets? I'd grow to distrust police officers more than I already did, and when and if I had some information about some murder or some violent crime, I would be less likely to turn it over to the authorities because I didn't trust them. Let's talk to Adam in, uh, I hope, Adam, are you in Baltimore or somewhere else in Maryland? Hey, what's up? Adam, where are you at in Maryland? I'm actually in Baltimore County, but I go to the city all the time. What is it like there? What are the gun, uh, what sort of gun control regis- uh, rules are on the books? They're pretty bad. I mean, they're restrictive as you can pretty much get. Uh, maybe California's worse. Mm-hmm. But um, pretty much you have to be, like, either rich or a politician to be able to carry a gun. Um, that's generally the way it goes. Yeah, and yeah, so that that answers your gun law question. <laughs> Did but, you have um, any comments for, in general about the oh, uh, the state of of affairs in Baltimore there? Oh, absolutely. Um, w- when they say desperate measures, I mean, yeah, like that's a big problem here is the murder rate. I mean, and that has a lot to do with the Crips and the Bloods. Um, you know, they they do they're on the corners selling drugs. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys are all for drug use. That's you know. That's no, no, no. Right. Slow down there. Slow <laughs> down there. I, we're all for uh, legalizing drugs. That doesn't mean we want to encourage people to right. use them. I think alcohol should remain illegal. I'm not going to suggest Boy, somebody remain uh, legal. Remain legal. Excuse me. It should remain legal. But I'm not going to suggest that somebody go out and have a three or four shots tonight. Yeah. Right. So it's very important difference. Responsible usage. Yes. Yeah, but but you're think, pointing out that uh, you're saying you're suggesting that the majority of these murders are are uh, are gang related, basically. Well, they, here's the problem: they used to be, and it's it's becoming more so that innocent people they're getting shot in the head. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, so, that, that that happens in the drug war. Yeah, getting caught in drive-bys and that sort of thing. Before this, uh, so this is brand new to me. What you're telling me, but mm-hmm. before this, they had curfews for people. Um, for everybody or just kids? I don't know if it's everybody or just under 18, but uh, that's been, I don't know if it's still in effect, but... You know, it's step by step. A curfew, yeah. once people accept the curfew, that's just one more step away from this public safety act zones. Now, this hasn't happened yet, Adam. It's a proposal, but there's no reason why, I mean, I don't see, in this current climate that we have in this country, it wouldn't shock me if this went through and they locked down certain neighborhoods in Baltimore. Keep us up to date with what goes on there. Thank you for cluing us in. Just as we suspected, Mark, heavy gun control uh, rules, the war on drugs, sure. the gang wars that result from the black market from the war on drugs are resulting in people getting killed. What a shock. There's a simple solution. It's coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. We want to hear from you about whatever's on your mind. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and we give them all away, including the bulletin board system. bbs.freetalklive.com gets you to it. There are over 225,000 posts. That's a lot of posts. And there's a lot of people interacting, over 1,400 of them, as a matter of fact. It's all for free. You'll find it at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you know if your hard-earned wealth is at risk? If you have a business, there's a one in three chance that you'll be named in a lawsuit in the next year. That lawsuit could destroy your business and leave you penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts at sheltering what you've earned. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. So, how to clean up the streets of Baltimore, Maryland, or insert your favorite city here. Because in any city, the government has always grown to the size of uh, just being extremely large and oppressive and generally terrible and taking a lot of people's money and creating unnecessary programs and, and on and on. So in any city in America, there are going to be problems with crime. And in the case of Baltimore, we've been talking about how uh, one particular city council member wants to crack down. He wants to create zones where the police have total control and can search people at any time on a whim and control the amount of people that are on the streets and, and even stop traffic if they feel like it. Uh, and that's pretty scary. And I don't think that that sounds like the America that I want to live in. In fact, I'm pretty sure that nobody wants to live in an, in an America like that. Who would? So allow me to propose a simple solution to end the crime problem in Baltimore and whatever other cities there are around the country experiencing similar issues. Because there's a murder problem in Baltimore. And we had Adam point out one of the reasons why the murder rate is so high, and it's because of gang warfare. Now, why on earth would gangs be warring? Are they fighting over girls? Mm, no, they're probably not. No. They're, they're probably not doing dance numbers like the, uh, the, the Jets in the West Side Story either. No, probably not. No. I think the reason they're fighting is over some type of contraband. Probably not running the numbers like they did in the old days mm -hmm. because, well, now we have a state lottery. They're probably not um, doing, let's see, they're probably not warring over alcohol like they did nope. during the times of Prohibition. I'll bet you it's over drugs. Sure enough. Because uh, that's the only thing that they're prohibiting. Specifically, it's over turf. It's over, you know, who gets to distribute the black Drugs, market narcotics in, in certain areas, mm -hmm. and uh, you're encroaching on my territory, so now we're going to strike back, and that's going to engender more violence, and there's just a cycle of violence continues. So here's the solution. It's very simple. Now, you're going to find, if you're, listening, if you're new to Free Talk Live, you're going to find that the liberty-oriented solutions are always simple. And in some cases, it's going to shock you. Mm -hmm. It's going to shock you because you figure, well, complex problem. It must require a complex governmental-oriented uh, solution. Not so. You've got to remove the, the, uh, the issues that are creating the problems in the first place. Number one issue is the war on drugs. And we went into it last night, and there's no reason to get into the, the details tonight. But the facts, the facts are incontrovertible. The war on drugs increases, uh, it puts the drugs into the black market, which has certain, uh, certain things that are always at, uh, attributed to it, including sky-high prices as a result of uh, the severe profit incentive that's introduced because of the black market, mm -hmm. because these gang members are sure as hell not going to get into distributing marijuana for pennies on the dollar. Nope. They want to double their money every single time. And every person that those drugs pass through, um, every hand, set of hands those drugs pass through, that set of hands has to make a good amount of money in order for them to take the risk of being thrown into a jail cell for passing those drugs along to, the, to their clients. Right. 
And so marijuana has uh, in and of itself almost no value. It's a weed. Yeah. Imagine going out in your yards and picking up a bunch well, of weeds. Look, go to go to the grocery store and buy a bag of lettuce. What's that going to cost you? Two bucks? Uh, well, that's because they cut it up for you and put it in a bag. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, what, I well, get the a marijuana is, cu- is cut up for you, too, and put in bags, except a pound of marijuana will cost you $1,600 to $5,000, depending on, you know, I guess you could get some regs for 800 bucks, but it's going to cost you thousands of dollars for a pound of really good marijuana. Compared to a pound of lettuce? Uh, well, I mean, lettuce is full of water. It's, it's Marijuana's a- full of water unless it's correctly cured. Anyway... Uh, my point remains, Mark, the uh, the increase in price is tremendous due to the black market. Absolutely true. And so the people that get into the business of distributing marijuana and meth and all the other drugs are the people who are willing to flaunt the law, and that usually means criminals, people that are willing to use violence against their sure. competition. People whose lives are not valuable enough to themselves in order to avoid jail. Or they're just willing to take the risk. Right, well, um, and know. so they do. And they establish a territory, and if somebody else gets into that territory, starts trying to take customers from them, they don't, uh, they don't respond by reducing their prices. They don't respond by increasing customer service. They respond with bullets. Well, sometimes they do. But In these inner city areas, mm-hmm. they typically respond with violence against the competing gangs. Well, and that's don't... why there's a lot of murders happening in Baltimore. They, and, and as um, underground business people, they don't have the, uh, the, the privilege of police protection. Now, if you're selling lettuce in your grocery right. store or liquor in your liquor store or cigarettes in your convenience store and there's some kind of problem with some other store owner, I can't imagine why this would happen. And that's, you know, you could take how, them to court. That, yeah, absolutely. The cops will come and protect right. you. But that doesn't work in the black market. The problems are resolved with violence, typically in the black market. So that's where these murders are coming from. In addition, innocent people that get getting cross, uh, caught in the crossfire or getting uh, mistaken for a dealer or whatever the situation is, however they're getting caught up in it, they can't defend themselves because the politicians have made it illegal for people to carry weapons mm-hmm. or made it very difficult for them to carry weapons, especially if they're convicted felons. And so there's two simple things that will solve this problem and drastically reduce the amount of murders in any American city or any city worldwide. A, and it doesn't matter what order you do these in. A, end the war on drugs completely, entirely. Allow the marketplace to handle distribution of of narcotics and allow the marketplace to handle it all. The government just needs to step the hell away from it. You know, and um, this is, it's, it's not just ending the war on drugs, but it's, Re-legalizing all these substances. That's correct. Uh, all the none of these substances have been illegal in American history for more than a hundred years. Exactly right. Uh, so end the war on drugs and B end the war on guns. Allow individuals to carry the weapons that they feel they need to protect themselves and their families. If you do those two steps, I guarantee you, you will see a dramatic decrease in the amount of murders and other violent crime and Absolutely. robberies and other things that are, that happen in in any area of the country. Every place that has um, you know uh, more lax gun laws has fewer. Uh, violent crimes committed with guns than the places, and, and this is per capita, than the places that uh, that have the, the more restrictive gun laws. Yep, and those few places around the world that have less restrictive drug laws also have less drug usage amongst young people. Uh, the uh, It's just not a forbidden fruit anymore. It's not sexy. It's not as cool to do drugs anymore mm-hmm. when it's not prohibited. So there's all sorts of reasons to do these things. The number one reason is people will be safer. Mm-hmm. 800-259-9231. Mark, let's do something a little bit different. Let's talk about the uh, top ten reason or the top ten myths 
about divorce. Yeah, I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, you know, divorce is it, it's very big. Uh, it's one, quite prevalent. Yeah, one in two marriages uh, end up in divorce. Because people learn, um, number one, because people learn from their bad experiences, second marriages tend to be more successful than first marriages. False. Myth, myth yeah. Although many people who divorce have successful subsequent marriages, the divorce rate of, remar- um, of remarriages is in fact higher than that of the first marriage. Isn't it around 80%? I, I don't know. I don't have statistics it's on that. It's significantly higher but than first marriages. But, but you know, um, when they say when they say that half of all divorces end um, in excuse me, half of all marriages end in divorce. Right. You have to remember that in um, that it's these people with the second and third and fourth marriages that are driving that number up. Is that right? I thought it was half of all first time marriages, Mark, because uh, mm. that's as I understand. That's not what I. That's not what I understand. But mm. anyway, they don't have the statistics on that. Can't uh, can't refute you. They don't have it in that article. No, mean. that's correct. Okay. Living together, you could look at, look it up while I'm uh, um, going through with the myths here. Yes. Number two, living together before marriage is a good way to reduce the chances of eventually divorcing. Now, this is something you've espoused on the air in the past. Many studies have found that those who live together before marriage have a considerably higher chance of eventually divorcing. The reasons um, for this are not well understood. In part, the <laughs> type of people who are willing to cohabitate may also be those who are more willing to divorce. There's some evidence that the act of cohabitation okay. itself generates attitudes in people that are more conductive, conducive to um, divorce. For example, the attitude that relationships are temporary and, uh, and easily can be ended. I see. Hmm. Or the attitude that you like sex, and, uh, and then when you get married, the sex goes away, and so you want to get divorced. Well, I, I suppose it's a possibility. The sex That's is the factor. number two reason for uh, marriage is divorce. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. More on the way. The Top Ten continues. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for you. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give away all the features that we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at Amazon through our link. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com. They've got 41 categories of products for you to search through and uh, purchase from. A variety of different things. Everything from their huge book selection through groceries. I mean, they've, they've got it all. And we get a percentage of anything that you purchase. So it's a great way to get the stuff that you need to live life and enjoy life and uh, get it delivered to your door and help Free Talk Live out all at the same time. Head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You know what, Mark, I love the most about top ten lists? Hmm. Is that you can easily interrupt them to go to calls. And that's what we're going to do. So mm-hmm. if we don't get through it tonight, we might finish it up with Julia here tomorrow night. Yeah, talk be about fine. The, uh, the top ten myths of divorce. Let's go to Mike in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Mike. Yeah, hello, gentlemen. What's on your mind? Hey, just to back you up just a minute, um, in, in, in Kalispell here, here, here's two problems. You guys kind of brought up the war of drugs in the cities and so forth. Yeah. Um, and and you're, right on, you're right on track with that. I understand that. Um, the other problems you have, and I'm dealing with it right now, I happen to be, and oh, geez, everybody can hammer me. I happen to be a government employee. It's, you know, what do you do? I, I work for the city in a, in a uh, sanitation department. Okay, great. Okay, so you're um, actually performing a, a necessary service. You're, you're getting paid too much for it, but that's all right. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. That's what everybody thinks. Um, right now, we're in a battle with the city of Kalispell. Um, KGEZ themselves gives me all the airtime I want because they understand where we're at. They're going certain services are warranted. People pay taxes for certain services. They want them. Right. The problem that everybody has, and it's a two-fold situation, I go to everybody else in this town, the press, everybody else, explaining to them. I mean, I have the facts. I have the paperwork. I have what management makes. 
There's 74 employees at the city of Kalispell. There's 45 manager employees. Wow. Jeez. The the 74 employees, and I mean, this is, and, and I've brought this stuff to our, you know, to KGEZ. I, I, I commend John for this. He looks at it. He sees it. He knows what's going on. The rest of the public, or the rest of the press, and that's our problem. The rest of the press looks at it and says, well, you know what? They're good old boys. We're not going to mess with them. That's the problem oh from that level to the drug level. Yep. They do not want to, the, the, the normal mainstream press does not want to publicize this. They don't want to look at it and say, look, the Kalispell employees are making $26,000 a year. That's all we make. And we try to oh, get Oh, I bet the administrators or, are making more than that, though. The lowest paid management employee at the city of Kalispell is making the lowest paid. Out of the 45, is making 53000 a year plus full benefits, mm. full ride, full insurance, full everything. Sweet gig. And when we, you know, when we ask for a nickel, they go, we don't have any money. <laughs> we don't have any money. We're going to tax the tarnation out of everybody in this town. Except, We're for, tax except over 50% of the, uh, the city employees are administrators. That's well, it, yeah, here's the problem. There's two working employees to every one manager. Right. That's a I lot of chiefs. I, need that, I don't think I need that many flipping bosses. Right. That's yeah. a lot of chiefs and not very many Indians. Well, yeah, it's exactly. typical and, and, and that's what that's what you see all over. And, I mean, I'm yep. fighting it tooth and nail up here, and they're ready to chop my head off. Mm. You want to chop my head off, come after me. I don't care. I'm that way. I just, I'll, I'll fight for what I believe in. And, and some of these services the taxpayers have said, look, we like the service we get from the from the garbage department. We like the sewer service. We like the water service. We like these. They're reasonable, and we don't mind paying taxes for that. But we're getting sick and tired of not getting services paid, not hiring the employees that are needed for the money, and it, and, it, and this plays right into the drug end of it. They asked for four more police officers. We don't have the money, but they hired two more managers for building inspectors, management employees that used to be regular you know, thirty, forty thousand dollar a year jobs, and now they're seventy, eighty thousand because they Ugh. went to a manager. Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, this is, and, and I mean, I mean, KGEZ up here has, has helped me tremendously, and I got to give them kudos. I mean, that is one, one of the. Uh, I mean, you guys ever get up here to Montana? You got to swing in there and, and talk to John. Of course we will. That I'd is like one to. of the most, you know, fightingest guys you'll ever see. He'll put it on the line. He's the uh, John um, Stokes is the uh, general manager uh, owner owner of the station up there now. Uh, yeah. He, now, now, in regards to sanitation and, the, and these different services that, that people would like to have, you're outlining some of the reasons why government is just awful at providing these things. You know, they can get the job done if they throw enough money at it, but look at where the money's going. It's, it's going to administrators. So the job could still get done if it was handed over to, uh, to private hands, if it was done by the marketplace, as is done here in, uh, in Keene, New Hampshire, where we're doing this show from. Uh, it's not the, the water services aren't privatized, but the, the trash, there's no city trash uh, pickup. It's all done privately, and there are a, a variety, at least three, if not more, uh, trash companies in this area that you can contract with the, to come out and have them pick up your garbage for you, or you can just take it to the dump yourself. So, you know, that's just one example of how you can get these services out of the hands of the government, return them to the marketplace, and then if the, uh, you know, then companies will be, be run by uh, market demands and market incentives, which the government isn't subject to. The government just makes arbitrary decisions. So, okay, well, we need to hire some more administrators. Why? 
Well, because we've got more tax money now. Let's hire some more administrators who create some jobs. We have to administrate things. Yeah, it's just well, a, you're, it's you're exactly right. The, the the problem, guys, that we have, and 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 I don't mind privatizing in certain aspects. The problem we have in Montana is that Montana holds a waste license. The state of Montana does it. This is law. The problem is it's like a liquor license here in Montana. You want a liquor license in city limits, mm-hmm. it's six to $800,000, and good luck finding one. Wow. It's the same thing with the solid waste licensing. So what happens is in Missoula, Montana, to give you an example, there is one waste management company. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I don't care if it's going to cost you 200 bucks a year or 300 bucks a year. I'll pick your garbage can up. If you don't like it, take it to our landfill that we own. And guess what? You're going to pay 70 bucks a pickup load. That is the problem with Montana. Everybody wants to privatize, and I don't have a problem with that. But if you're going to privatize, open it up so that more than one company can Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Right. Oh, we're not talking about that half-assed privatization. Right. That, Monopolies. Uh, right. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, basically taking a government service and turning it over to one private company, that's not real privatization. That's, uh, that's a good old boy system at work. That's the, uh, you know, that's the good old boys in the governments uh, giving a sweet little contract to their good old boy friends in industry and locking out anybody else from competition, which is what you outlined there. The true, true privatization is eliminating the government's control over a, over a given industry and allowing people in search of profit to step in instead. And good luck continuing to uh, to, to uh, spread the word out there and, and fight the good old boy network because, man, they are entrenched everywhere in this country, and it is difficult. Thank you for the call, Mike. 800-259-9231. That's, you know, people, I don't think a lot of people know that this exists, the good old boy network. Oh, come on. They have to know. I guess some people do, but uh, but I think a lot of people are completely oblivious to it. I mean, it's it's back-scratching, it's special favors, it's uh, the government taking taxpayer dollars and just lavishly spending them on their friends in business, and it's, you know, it's, it's a shake and a wink, a handshake and a wink and a nudge, and it's all done real quiet-like, never really broadcast out anywhere, and, and he's pointing out that where he's at in Kalispell, you know, the people in the, the newspapers and the other media, apparently, are pretty complicit with it. They're pretty hush-hush about all the, uh, the goings-on, and... In some cases, there are reasons for that. In some cases, the good old boy network can get kind of violent when it's threatened. It certainly can. I'm not saying that's what's going on there. I'm not saying anything, but that's just been known to happen. Speaking of people that are being violent, let's go to Ryan in Texas on the amplifier line. Ryan, what's going on? Hey, right at this moment, there's about 20 paramilitary police units not 10 feet underneath my feet. What's What's happening? Do you know? Uh, What I know is yesterday I went to go pay my rent. My apartment manager told me not to worry about the noise from the people underneath me anymore because a cop had come to them uh, earlier in the day, told them that the the neighbor underneath was dealing, and reminded them uh, not so subtly about crack house laws, how they can, uh, you know, seize the entire building. Mm. So Mm. they did an emergency eviction. They were supposed to be out by midnight tonight. Well, apparently the SWAT team uh, wasn't going to have any of that. And... uh, Shortly after I got home, I heard sirens. There were about 30 units right downstairs. This woman is is less than five foot tall. I know she's unarmed. I've been in her apartment many times. And they have 30 units trying to smoke her out of the place. Wow. Right now, they hauled her away in an ambulance. I don't know what happened. There weren't any gunshots, but she's gone in an ambulance, and now they're tearing up the apartment underneath me. Um, It's 
it's just been it's just quieted down enough that I could actually get on the phone. It's a scary experience, isn't it? And I'm not even involved. And there's no re- well, you're not involved now because you're safely tucked away inside your apartment. But had you been uh, coming out of your apartment at the time when the cops were uh, beginning to raid the uh, the facility, who knows how you would have become involved? Who knows who they oh, thought? I'd, I'd be in jail right now if that happened. <laughs> Maybe so, Ryan. We're out of time. Thanks for the call and uh, good luck staying safe out there. It's been Ian here with you and Mark. It's just yet another. That's one example of the one of the forty thousand armed raids that goes on every year in this country. Just one of them, right there. We'll be back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.